As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, folks, and welcome back to a new episode of Raising Daughters. I've been gone for the past month, and there's been no new podcast because I was away at summer camp. Had a great summer. I'm back in the saddle. So I hope you can forgive me for not having a new podcast in the last month. And for those who cannot forgive me, this podcast is for you. Because today I want to talk about forgiveness, about the whole concept of forgiveness, and in particular, how can we teach our kids about forgiveness? Let me start you off with a story today. And this is a true story about a, a Native American tribe called the Huchol Indians. They're a very peaceful, centuries-old tribe in the Sierra Madre Mountains in Mexico. And as farmers, their lives are intertwined a lot with the seasons. And to honor their seasons, this tribe creates rituals and practices to promote harmony with the earth, with the spirit world, and especially with one another. Several times a year, all the members of the village gather around a great fire for an overnight tradition. Everybody listens as each member confesses to the grandfather fire any wrongdoings they have committed during the season, and afterward, the injured parties confront their offenders. People exchange angry words, they shed bitter tears during these confrontations, and yet, there are no rights, there are no wrongs, only resolutions. And as the sun rises, all is forgiven, and the transgressions of the past are left behind. The new day begins in song and festivity. The members who had been formerly at odds with one another embrace in the spirit of love and friendship. The tribe is in, is in harmony once again and ready for the new season. Oh, how I wish it was so easy that the rest of the world could, could act like that. I work with girls in a lot of different, different areas. I have a counseling practice as a developmental and behavioral pediatrician. So I see girls in grade school, middle school, high school, and even women in college also, my weekend retreats and summer camps, um, I, I, talk, I talk with girls who are from grade school through high school. I have a school program called Strong Girls, Strong World, where I sit in circles with girls in the classroom to create a more loving community. The point being that I hear a lot of stories from girls about them holding on to grudges with friends, with family members, with siblings. They have a hard time letting go sometimes and feelings fester. And so I think the girls that I work with, I work with a lot around forgiveness, about how to let things go. Now, research has shown that forgiveness is linked to mental health outcomes like reduced anxiety, reduced depression, and major psychiatric disorders, and fewer physical health problems and lower mortality rates. A lot of researchers have suggested that stress relief is probably the chief factor that connects forgiveness with well-being. Unforgiveness 
results in worse mental and physical health, and also results in economic, social, and spiritual problems with people. Unforgiveness is a combined uh, embodiment of it's, it's a combined experience of resentment, bitterness, uh, hostility, anger, hatred, fear, and it builds over time because people tend to ruminate about an unresolved uh, offense against them, and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Kids and adults who are able to let go of angry feelings when they've been wronged experience a lot higher psychological well-being. This is true for kids as well as adults. I saw one study of six to nine-year-olds in Belfast, Ireland, where they found that students who learned to forgive reduced their anger in general towards everyone, not just towards the person who had harmed them. When kids are wronged and they don't forgive, they can remain stuck in the traumatic situation. They can feel like a victim, if you will. And every time they recall the hurtful event, they re-experience their stress response. And if they dwell on this resentment and this anger, they continue to release stress hormones, stress chemicals like adrenaline and cortisol, norepinephrine into their brains. And this activates their amygdala and other primitive brain regions that are involved in survival emotions like fear and rage and anger. And the result is that the, the brain's problem-solving abilities, creativity, reasoning, and impulse control are inhibited. Forgiveness exercises have helped the brain activate uh, regions that feel empathy and make moral judgments much better. Most religions talk about the value of forgiveness. As I've just pointed out, research points out to the value of forgiveness, and yet I don't think we talk about it enough with our kids. So how can you teach your kids about this concept of forgiveness and how it actually looks and how to play it forward? First and foremost, I think we need to help our kids become aware of the cost to them when they don't forgive. Let me give you a couple of good quotes. One of them says, no matter how much dirt you throw at someone else, you will always be dirtier. I couldn't find out who that's from, but no matter how much dirt you throw at someone else, you will always be dirtier. Here's a good Gandhi quote, an eye for an eye only ends up making the whole world blind. Kids who hold on to anger and resentment and hurt and sadness and the fear that it will happen again, when they hold on to all that and they don't forgive, they're less happy. They also make themselves more vulnerable to being triggered. And the reactions to then to the triggers become more intense for most kids over time. A lot of girls tell me they hold on to grudges with their friends. When my wife Ann and I go into schools with our Strong Girls, Strong World program, we help them learn how to have what we call courageous conversations or, or steps for conflict resolution. And we teach them the steps, then we ask if there's anybody who wants to, to work on a conflict. And we always get a pair to come up and sit in the, in the center circle. And what's, what's amazing to me is that almost always what the kids are bringing up the conflicts they want to resolve didn't happen yesterday or last week. Many times they happened months or years ago, sometimes three, four, five years ago. Things happened, the girls held on to it, the feelings fester, and even though they might look at each other and smile and say, no, no big deal, or it's fine, or just kidding, or, oh yeah, we worked it out, they don't really work it out. And so they tend to ruminate and ruminate until they have a worst case scenario in their heads, which they, which they keep re-experiencing. It also ends up changing their behavior. They tend to avoid that person. They might shut down emotionally around that person. There's a good quote by Malachi McCourt that says that resentment is like taking poison and then waiting for the other person to die. 
I heard a great story about this man who lived in London, and he always took the train into work every morning with his buddy. And they would board the train at that one station, they would ride together. And when they would arrive at that, their terminal in London, they walked the short distance to their office, and on the way, the, uh, one of the guys always stopped to buy a newspaper from the same newspaper stand. Now, this agent, the guy who was behind the stand, was always this very disrespectful, rude guy who was angry, always had like an unpleasant comment to make to his customers. He sold them the paper. So one day, the other guy said to him, why do you keep on buying your newspaper from that guy? He's so rude. He's so, so disrespectful. And his friend replied, why should I allow his problem to dictate where I buy my newspaper? Let me say that again. Why should I allow his problem to dictate where I buy my newspaper? So instead of carrying around all these feelings with you, instead of allowing it to dictate your behavior and giving up power and giving up control, decide that you're tired of all that. Decide as, uh, as a kid that you're ready to move on because it's costing you so much. Holding on to all that is draining. Kids tell me that all the time. I also tell kids, and this is really important, Forgiveness is not for you. I'm sorry, let me say that again. Forgiveness is for you, and it's not for the other person. It's an internal process. I tell kids, you don't need to talk to the other person. You don't need to go to them and and work it out if you don't want to, or, or tell them you forgive them. It's for you. Confucius has a great quote that says, To be wronged is nothing unless you continue to remember it. So forgiveness is for you. It's forgiving you the freedom to let go, to move on from all those feelings that are tiring and draining and and causing you to be angry and unhappy, uh, worried, etc. So what you're actually saying internally is, I'm tired of holding on to these negative feelings. I set the other person free and I set myself free. I even teach kids to say those words to themselves internally. So they're not saying what the other person did was okay. But what they are saying is, I want to let go of these feelings and all the reactions I've been having to it. I want to have control over all of that because I do. I want to take back control over that. I'm not going to allow that experience to dictate my emotions and how I feel. I also tell kids it's not a a superiority thing. Like I'm I'm a god and I'm but I'm being so gracious, so I'm going to forgive you because I'm such a great person. You're just this this peasant kind of person. It's not that kind of thing. It's not even about being right. It's about, being, it's about you being right. It's also about the relationship being right and the relationship being back on track. That's a different way of looking at it. When kids decide to move forward in their life and unencumbered by the weight of all those negative emotions, the stressfulness of the past wrongdoings is, is going away. It's limited. And thus the negative effects of the stress also go away. You can shift it. And when you've let it go, It opens up the space inside of you for growth, for more happiness, for more closeness, and for deeper relationships. A quote by Dick Army fits here. He said, you can't get ahead while you are getting even. Another good quote by Booker T. Washington. One man cannot hold another man down in the ditch without remaining down in the ditch with them. Let me say that again. One man cannot hold another man down in the ditch while remaining down the ditch with them, or or, I'm sorry, without remaining down the ditch with them. And last from Helen Keller, when one door of happiness closes, another opens. But often we look so long at the closed door 
that we do not see the one which opened up for us. So I think if we're caught up in all the negative emotions and we're angry and we're not forgiving, we get distracted. And so opportunities that might be around us, opportunities for relationships, happiness, or even opportunities with that person who you're upset with, we don't see those because we're so focused on being revengeful or angry or hurt. So there's a lot of energy that can get freed up when we stop being angry, when we stop being uh, unforgiving, when we stop being fearful and worrying. All that stuff gets freed up and it creates some space for us to also then do other things, be more creative. It also helps for kids. I teach them this about forgiveness. It helps first and foremost, preventively, to not take things so personally. And that's a big one for girls in my experience. Because of the good girl conditioning that girls have experienced, I think sometimes they spend too much time worrying about not disappointing people, not hurting other people's feelings, uh, not wanting people to dislike them. And so, and also taking things so personal because they're afraid of losing friends. I've worked a lot with kids on learning how to not give their power away. I did two podcasts back in the, the fall of 2016, which you, which you can look up. One of them was called How to Not Give Your Power Away or How Girls Give Their Power Away and also How to Keep Their Power. You might want to check back on those two podcasts uh, sometime around um, November of 2016 to get more information about that. But they learned to keep their power, to let things go to not allow themselves to be triggered by other people's words or actions, to really believe and act out that they're in charge of their feelings and their reactions to everything, they wouldn't get hurt so much. They wouldn't get angry so much. So there'd be less need to forgive, if you will. Another piece of forgiveness, learning to understand instead of judging and condemning other people. I tell kids an Aesop's fable about the mole and the porcupine. And it kind of goes like this. I'll tell you this really quickly. There is a family of moles who spent the whole fall working very hard to dig a, a underground den so that when the cold weather came, they would be warm and safe and be able to hibernate and get through the winter. So when the winter came and the first snow came, they went down in their little den and they were warm and cozy. And then there was a knock on their door. And when they opened it up, outside, covered with snow, was a porcupine. The porcupine was freezing to death, and he said, please let me in, I have no place to stay. And the mole said, well, you know, where were you all fall? You should have been making a den. And the porcupine said, I know you're right, I'll do it different next year, but can you please take me in? And so the mole said, okay. They allowed the, the porcupine to come into their den. And things were okay for the first little bit, but then the porcupine kept bumping into the other moles and, and sticking them with their quills, with his quills. And so after a while, the moles started getting angry and resentful, and so they didn't know what to do. I usually stop the story at that point, and I have kids start to brainstorm. And maybe I even have them uh, make two lines. Uh, each, each person has a partner facing the other person, and one side are moles and the other side are porcupines. And I ask the moles to tell the, the porcupines their point of view, how they see the problem. And I have the porcupines just mirror it so they really understand. And then the porcupines give their point of view to the mole, and the moles listen. They also have the kids switch, switch roles. So now the former porcupines are now moles. So they, they think about, hmm, how would the mole feel and, and vice versa. I want them to see other people's points of view. I want them to get in other people's shoes and see things from their perspective because that is the basis of empathy. And there's a, there's a, I think that, I, this is why I tell kids, the easiest way to forgive 
is to never condemn. Because if you've never condemned, you'd never had the need to forgive. So instead of going right to anger or right to judgment when someone says something or does something that you don't like, I try and have kids instead become a little bit more compassionate and empathetic and to try and get in the other person's shoes and walk around it in a while. That's what Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird told us to do. Walk around the other shoes and see things from their point of view because when you do that, it's much easier to come from a place of understanding and compassion and empathy. One of my favorite authors, Anthony DeMello, said one time in one of his books, I think it was the book called Awareness, he said he always wanted to write a book, and the title would be, I'm an ass, you're an ass. I love that. I'm an ass, you're an ass. And what he meant is that nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, so if you do something that I don't like, instead of me flipping out and reacting and getting angry, what I can do is internally go inside and just say to myself, you know what, it's okay. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, I'm an ass, you're an ass, and so I'm not going to expect you to be so perfect. And if I do that, if I can kind of lower my expectations for you, I won't be disappointed because I just know that maybe you don't have the maturity to act in that way. It's another way of not taking things on, not taking things personally, not judging people, not condemning people, because if you don't do those things, then there's no need to forgive. You can focus more on the other person's story, their needs, their reasons for their behavior, getting in their shoes and and getting their perspective. And when you do that, it's much easier to replace all the negative emotions with things like empathy, sympathy, understanding, compassion, and love. Two other quick quotes that, that fit right here in this part of uh, forgiveness. One of them is from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He said, My enemy is someone whose stories I don't know. And the second quote is from Abraham Lincoln, who said, Do I not destroy my enemies? when I make them my friends. Those are good quotes. It helps kids to see things in a different way. To stop being a victim, to start being more mature, more in charge of themselves, their emotions, their reactions, and instead come from a place of understanding and love. Our world today needs more compassion. It needs more love. It needs more forgiveness. It needs that in government. It needs that Uh, in our families, it needs that in school, between friendships, it needs it in our marriages. Let me end here with a quote from a Native American, uh, Zebulon Pike, who said this. We started with the story of Native Americans, and we're going to end with one. His quote said, Smoke the pipe of peace, bury the tomahawk, and become one nation. Smoke the the pipe of peace, Bear the tomahawk and become one nation. As is always true, if you want your kids to to behave in a certain way, model it. Let them see you apologizing. Let them see you forgiving them and other people. Talk about it. Help kids understand what it means. Give them some words. Give them practice. And if you do, they will develop uh, more empathy of other people. They'll be able to forgive people, move on, and not carry around emotions for days and weeks and months, which will cause them to be less happy and more angry and less who they really are. I hope this helps. Um, I'll be back in two weeks with a podcast. By the way, every other week I have a blog. If you go on my website at drtimjordan.com, there's a link you can click on where you can get these podcasts and, and blogs free. It'll go right to your 
your email um, every week. I appreciate you listening in. And I always appreciate it when people share my my link and share my blogs with their pe- blogs and podcasts with other people. I'll be back in two weeks with another podcast. Uh, take care and uh, enjoy your family. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.